Good morning. It's the morning after the big fight. Maybe there's no one out there listening. Maybe you're all in bed. But if you're listening to the podcast, this is the big kickoff. Good morning and welcome to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. Yes, the fight was there, it was on, and it's over. And we'll talk about that a little bit more after our, our first song. Uh, but what else, Gav? Morning, Gav. Actually, David Buggle's not in this morning. He's uh, away on a little holiday. But Gav Nolan's in with us. Gav, what do we have on the show today? Uh, morning, Sean. How are you? Good, good, great. Um, you look a bit tired there. Uh, <laughs> not too much sleep now, I have to say. I haven't had too much sleep, but we'll get through tomorrow and the coffee's here, so we'll be yeah, too, we, not, we'll we, be too we'll bad. We'll talk about McGregor on that later. Um, we've got Mark Travers on the phone um, in an interview today. He's the Irish goalkeeper who um, is signed with Bournemouth in the Premier League. We have um, a year in review. Uh, this year is 1995. Uh, we've Premier League news. We've sports stories. Uh, we've plenty to keep us going. Anyway. Plenty to keep us going. Yeah. Okay, so what have we got for our first song? The first song, uh, we're keeping it Irish again, and it's The Walls to the Bright and Shining Sun. Brilliant. <laughs> And welcome back to the big kickoff on 96.4 FM. If you want to contact us, it's 87 It's the big kickoff at 96.4 at gmail.com for anything you want to send in. And uh, we put up a post there the other day looking for any new music. So any new music, send them in to us at, again, at uh, the big kickoff at 96.4 at gmail.com. Because uh, we want to play some new music from young artists. Okay, we have to talk about the big fight last night. Yeah, and uh, I'm probably the only person you, in the country who hasn't seen who the hasn't fight. seen it. So you, yeah. Gav, we're going to get because we have Dave on the line. I'm going to yeah. bring Dave in now. You heard about it, so I read about it this morning when I got read up. about it. So yeah. what? What did you read? So. First thing I read, I went on the journal or the 42 this morning and reading the comments and stuff like that. Um, it's positive towards McGregor. Uh, the article was saying that he started very well. Um, the first couple of rounds, he was started really well. Uh, Mid rounds, he started to begin to sort of level off. And then towards the last few rounds, he began to shake a little and um, he sort of was huffing and puffing. Which yeah. I'm very surprised to hear, to be honest. That's, very surprised. That's a fair summary. Uh, David, are you there on the line? Hi, I'm Dave Ogle. I'm listening to 96.4. Is that the phrase that pays? <laughs> That's the phrase that pays. You get <laughs> a mug. You get a mug. Yeah. <laughs> well, good morning, boys. Good morning. Tell us, Dave, uh, what was your... Uh, now do you want the real report, do you? I want the, uh, yeah, I want the, uh, the big, the big run-up to the fight for yourself. 
what what was the lead up for you to the fight? What did you do, and uh, how did you feel during the fight and after? Right. Well, the lead up was uh, I'm down here in Killarney in the beautiful Lake Hotel, so you never know they might come. You know, if somebody's listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got up about half three, start watching the the main card, and yeah, building up nicely. They had the all the Sky Boys were there, and they had Dan Hardy from the UFC to give it a bit of balance and. They were just hyping it up and hyping it up and hyping it up and uh, yeah, and then it failed as kind of was expected. It's well, I think if you we had um, we kind of won the first one, didn't we? We, we won the ML the May uh, national anthem. That's right, yeah. And in fairness, she was brilliant. She was excellent, and, uh, wasn't she? Of course, Demi Lovato came out and said, "Right, I'll show you." And did the usual American over the top crap extra, extra mm. put extra cheese on it you know yeah the last, the last one and the brave at the end lasted about 20 seconds uh, I'd say she dragged it out unbelievable yeah, uh, typical American cheese it's exactly what you expect and of course like, she was not sure looking back and saying that's how you do it but Imelda May wouldn't be bothered no I think Imelda May won anyhow uh, we have to win something um, so were you disappointed um, a little, just a little bit. But the biggest thing that I was disappointed because you can't. It's easy to say he he was poor. It was it was exactly as I said at first, and in my head, and then I read Keith Darty of all people saying it. He should sack his cardio coach. Yeah, yeah. Me and Shannon were talking about that this morning. In the carbo go. Um, like McGregor, what the peak of his career, physically everything like that, and to blow out like that after what how many rounds? Probably about two four. rounds, Gav. Literally two rounds he was done. That's um, very, very surprising to hear that. Yeah, really he is. literally sat in he literally sat on the on the stool after the second round and they went to Mayweather first and you could see Mayweather swatting all his team away. Yeah. And he he just looked with glee because he could see McGregor on the big screen and he could see the chest was heaving up and down and up and down and the lads had the ice bags on his back and his chest and straight away this is the second round you're kind of going he's done so what are seeing this do you think um, he sort of wanted to take it easy then for the next few rounds or could, could he finish them off you know because you know we kind of said it last week I think he's the conductor of it all and to yeah. be honest there was there was tiny tiny elements of it in the finish more so than in the end because in the finish he looked like he stuttered before his, his, his last punch as if to say he's done here I'm, I'm, I'm doing damage almost and for a boxer, it's very surprising to see him take the foot off, even the finish. Yeah. But uh, he literally stood in the middle of the ring for the two first two rounds and seen what he had and realised McGregor had nothing. And then McGregor actually put, kind of almost punched himself out. And then Mayweather pressed his program and brain and said, "Right, here's how we're going to do it." Yeah. Well, I, I, well, I was watching it, and the very thing that you've just said about his fitness, I was so disappointed that it was. Right, we'll give him the first two. We'll say the third one, he wasn't fully blown. But by the fourth, he was, he was, there was no punch left in him. He had oh, nothing. He was tapping him, yeah. He was just tapping him. It was, I don't know if you ever remember the, the episode of The Simpsons where Homer hit uh, one of the boxers in the face and there was a fly on his face. And then when his hand came away from it, the fly flew away. <laughs> <laughs> it was exactly like that. It, it, there was yeah. no power in the punches whatsoever. And no. you have to wonder, this is a professional athlete who went into a fight knowing how long he has to fight for, talks about his power, and couldn't last three oh, to like, four rounds. Uh, uh, to, you know, fitness should have been the last thing he should have been worrying about. Oh, correct. Whatever about um, 
being an amateur look in, in the ring with his punches and his style. The fitness is, is one thing that they, sh- they, they all should know. Like, if you watch any of these behind the scenes uh, before the fights and they show them training, one of the biggest things they show, because they don't show a lot in the ring because they don't want to give their secrets right, but one thing you see, they literally have the hoods on and the headphones on and they're pounding the roads, putting in the miles every day. Yeah. And all you've seen with McGregor was messing around on the row machine and on a bike. And he gets his movement coach in. Now, I was fighting this argument myself in the bed about an hour ago, thinking about what to say about it. Now, he might have a problem with his legs due to the uh, to, due to the UFC with his kicking and what have you. So maybe he can't run as much. But you just never seen one clip of him hitting the roads, putting in the miles, racking up the stamina. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, in fairness, I seen I seen one. Right. I'm not sure if it was on the bike though. He could have been on the bike in the desert. In yeah, the desert, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, it's it's definitely what failed him because the boxing, actually his boxing ability, I thought was quite good. But he yeah. seemed to just drain of energy. When he had energy, he looked solid. He looked decent. It looked quite quick. One one or two nice little uppercuts didn't quite catch him right in the button. But um, you're thinking to yourself, Do you know what? This is actually going to be respectable. And I was kind of happy. And then you could see he was wilting early, and you're like, uh oh. Is that is that anything to do with cutting the weight? Do you think? Sorry, lads. Is that anything to do with cutting the weight? Do you think? Yeah, like there was a big rumor um, a couple of days before from the Mayweather camp. Now, all these rumors you take them with a pinch of salt because you think it's a bit of mind games. But they were pretty convinced he was struggling, and there was a couple of them around that weighing scale the day before convinced they were actually quite shocked he made it. So it could be a massive thing, but. He puts himself under serious strain to get down to 145 for his for his best weight at UFC. Yeah. So this is nine st- nine nine pounds heavier, um, which should be a bit more of a natural one. So with three months to go and you have to get 154, um, there's no excuse for this. No, there really isn't. No, I, I think I do think that they've they've let themselves down. Obviously, on the fitness point of view, again, his boxing ability I thought was. He's quite, he was quite good if he had the energy. And you know yourself, if you're playing any sport, yeah. that if you haven't got the energy, the fitness, everything else deteriorates. Your brain deteriorates, your thoughts, yeah. your uh, mobility, obviously. So you're, you're hanging. So if he had the fitness to be able to get through all those rounds, it would have been a hell of a lot more interesting. We, like, I'm not overly critical of him. I'm just really, really disappointed it in the fitness side of yeah. things because genuinely... It might have been a respectable fight. Mayweather might have might have had to do more and probably still found a way to win it on points because he is so good. Yeah. But And you couldn't say that Mayweather wore him down because he didn't do anything to wear him down. He wore himself down. Um and to be honest, he probably wore himself down before the fight. Yeah. You know, the two rounds he didn't even go mad in the, in them two rounds either. He really didn't. Yeah. You, like obviously I'd love to see it again, but it didn't look like he went crazy hitting hitting with everything as much as much as he could. He seemed to be kind of taken about watching himself because he knew he might have to go to it and I think that. that kind of gas that early is, is barely disappointing yeah he is because he didn't he didn't go hell for leather he did he, he was uh, keeping him at distance with his uh, his jab uh, Mayweather couldn't get through and if, again I think if he had the fitness that that would have been yeah. a problem for, for Mayweather but Mayweather knew he just and as he said it himself yeah. at the end oh you see like, did you, do you remember him like I think it was the end of the second round like they, they're, they're both looking up at the big screen and as soon as Mayweather could see him he was delighted and he was swatting away his men going no I don't yeah. need water I don't need this I'm going to show him I, I haven't even started yet yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was, that's when I knew this, the fight was over what about Carl Frock? 
I don't know. Like, did, did I miss a comment he said or something? Because everyone's going bananas. Carl uh, Frock, for the whole fight, dismissed any, I suppose, any McGregor qualities that he had in the fight, any boxing ability he had. Um, he basically said from the very first bell that Mayweather had it all in control. And he did, obviously, at one stage, but it wasn't yeah. from then. It was from the very start. Even when McGregor had won the first two fights. And, of course, then he came out with his, his usual uh, Wembley talk. <laughs> uh, but, uh, actually, Gav, you have a, you have a clip of Carl Frock uh, talking to Mayweather, don't you? Yeah, it's uh, a bit of a cringe one, to be honest. But listen, we'll give it a blast anyway. Go on, play, play uh, it there. Right, here it's, we go. It's, right, it's, it's a team of only fills and horses as well. Go ahead. My last fight, before I, before I knocked out George Groves at Wembley Stadium, in front of 80,000 fans, I worked a lot on, on power, so I did a lot of swimming and I chopped down a few trees myself. And then I held my feet and then I knocked him out. And I'm not known as a one-punch knockout, man. Have you been doing that yourself a little bit? Um, I, I, yes, I've been... Working on power. What a 42-carat plonker you really are! <laughs> so basically that was him talking to Mayweather right and he was giving Mayweather the whole thing of I was fighting at Wembley he had this big fight against Carl Frock his big one fight he had he was trying to big himself up and, uh, in front yeah, of, of Mayweather and Mayweather's looking at him as if to say who the hell are you well the first thing he said last night was they were saying oh here we are at the MGM and whatever the the place called and in Las Vegas and this is the, really is the best place on, on, the, on the planet for boxing and all that and he came in oh yeah don't, don't forget Wembley you know so he kind of he just throws that in all the time little sort of things about himself and yeah he hasn't done himself any favours no favours whatsoever yeah, and I think that's why half the people are, are ready to jump on almost anything he says. Because I, I, I was watching it with Jackie this morning, and there was one or two things I said, in fairness to him, he's bang on the money. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. He is bang on the money, but he's set himself up already because of this whole Wembley thing. Now, how, like, I didn't hear that tonight, but it's probably he's probably set himself up now that he has to kind of joke about it all the time now. But in fairness to him, he loves himself that much. He, he Maybe he's not joking about it, but a lot of what he said after the fight was bang on, and he gave him credit that he deserved because anyone who gets in the ring against another man and especially somebody who's the best lawyer potentially ever and he's definitely going to be in that group and there's no denying it and as Johnny Nelson said in 10 or 20 years time when they get rid of the villain side of him he is without a doubt one of the, the best technicians of the game Yeah, yeah. And, and McGregor got in with him no matter what now he got him at the right time because 10 years ago it, it wouldn't even that would never have happened yeah. But well, the response the things that he said that was bang on the money, and he he was disappointed. And he, he was, but the, the, I real think the, realistic people have to be a little bit disappointed. But at the end of the day, we said it. It was always going to be about the show, all about always going to be about the build up, and it was fantastic, and there was no denying that. And 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 that's it. I think the the reason why we're so disappointed is it, it could have been better. It could have been a bigger fight. It could have been closer yeah. if the fitness was there with him. Yeah, it was uh, a major major flaw and. Somebody has to be accountable. Somebody, and whoever it may be. But there were signs there, even with the Diaz fights. Like, he managed to make it to the end in the second one, but it was a struggle as well. So, I don't know. Has has he got certain issues with the body? Like, I'm trying to give him a bit of room here. Or is he just somebody who doesn't 
work on the fitness element of it as much as you think because he, he's one of these who gets it out who, who likes to get it done early I don't know Yeah. Did you see the uh, the ringside girls? The, what is going on with these Corona girls? They were unbelievable where did they stalkers? Did, wait, did you see the fight beforehand? The Davis fight? Yeah. yeah. After the fight, I, I thought he was going to turn around and knock one of them out. I know. Every time he moved. He followed them around the ring, yeah. like, like Benny Hill or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, there was nothing short of the... It was, and the smile on them. And you're like, jeez, I say they hated themselves inside, but they just had to follow him around with a big grin on them. Every the time he moved to nearly every corner of that ring, and when he looked yeah. around, they were standing behind him. And they were shuffling across. It was absolutely <laughs> comical. It was brilliant. What did you think, but, of, the, what did you think of the Davis fight? Uh... I was looking forward to it because I only got a little snip of him in the UK in his last fight and I kind of knew he'd breeze past whoever it was. Um, but he's been very much highly hyped as the next pound-for-pound pound fighter. And he has that little nasty streak, that little Tyson nasty streak in him. So, you know, them kind of fighters always intrigue you because yeah. you're always a bit on edge with what you're going to see. And then he did the job. He showed little elements, but at the same time, by all accounts, I'm, li- I'm taking what the likes of Tony Bellew and the guys are saying because they know more. Like he wasn't himself, and it was a bit disappointing. Now maybe that he missed the weight as well, so maybe, maybe that was on his mind. Himself, but yeah. he definitely has a bit of power and thing, and he definitely looked shocked when the crowd weren't too happy with him. Oh, he didn't know what was happening there, but that's because he. In fairness, now I want to talk I to talk briefly before we finish about the referee and uh, yeah. McGregor fight, but. In the McGregor fight, I can't remember what his name, something bored, wasn't it? I can't remember what his first name was, uh, the referee for the McGregor and, and Mayweather fight. But at the very start, he kept looking at McGregor and telling him, this is boxing. This, oh, he, these, told him it was, he was only talking to him. He was only yeah. talking to him, which was absolute nonsense because they'd already talked about all this beforehand. And then when the fight started, he kept that McGregor. And he kept that McGregor and he wouldn't let him go. And then he started talking about the, the uh, punch in the back of the head. In yeah. ver- but in the very fight before that, your man had knocked him down with a, with a, a, yeah. with and a, then seemed to throw another one while he was on his knees. While he was on his knees, yeah. So yeah. you know, I, that, well, another thing, they're I just little things. The end, like this goes to show you probably how much McGregor was was done. Did you notice it was kind of like a low blow, and Mayweather looked at, like he was hurt a little bit. Yes, McGregor done nothing about it. Like the, he obviously that shows you how much he, he literally didn't go in for the kill or he didn't sprint in. He half he went done. in, didn't he? he? Kind of sauntered over and was like. And fell the ref hasn't stopped to go for it, mate. Yeah, no, he kind of went in. He did throw a couple of digs, but then he fell on top of him instead of you know really batter him in the corner. Yeah, that was yeah. his that was his chance if he ever had a chance. But I don't know if he would have had to punch in him then because he was he was on his legs. Um, Dave, what's your plan for the day? Plan for the day is uh, gonna get out of bed for a start, uh, get a bit of brekkie, and then we're going to do some fancy sightseeing up until about. I'd say about three o'clock. What time's the throw in, boys? Oh, is it four or four? I think it is four. Well, no, the throw in, throw in, throw in for the doves. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Is it four? Oh, is it four? Oh, so it's the same time as. I think Liverpool it is. Arsenal. I All think right, it we're is. in trouble here. What are you going to watch, Bogo? Where are your allegiances lie today? Where, where? I mean, uh, listen, uh, I, I thought it was I, until kick off for Liverpool, I'm going straight to Liverpool because. I'm football all the way and I fully expect the Dubs to do the job so hopefully I'll get to see enough of the Dubs and kind of go yeah they've got the job done and then after Any Liverpool. predictions for the Liverpool game? Liverpool the fact that it's in Anfield I'll be happy enough we'll get stuck into them but it's probably going to be about 7-6 because yeah. the two defences are terrible Yeah, yeah. It'd be a high scoring game I think uh, It has to be like. And what about the reaction to 3-2s, 4-3s more realistic it could be one of them kind of games alright What about the reaction to Kerry getting knocked out? 
but in fact, because I'm a dub, they're being nice because they because they expect us to win and whatever. But yeah, uh, yeah they, they're all already saying basically from Fitzmaurice is gone. He he very poor. Um, very poor selection and this, that, and the other, but just just never got going. They were actually quite disappointed. Like, kind of went there with a bit of a whimper, but yeah, they reckon that's his last game now, and they're on the on the way for Newcastle. But they they were uh, everyone that's been telling me apparently their minor setup is seriously class this year. Right. So the next generation's not far away. So Kerry, you're still going to be around for a long time to come. Great. Okay, Dave. Listen, enjoy the rest of your. That little sounded hot. like I knew something about God, didn't it? It did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just checked, Bogo. It is four o'clock. The dubs are off. So <laughs> we'll text you the result. <laughs> okay, Dave, listen, have a good time and listen, uh, talk to you soon. Thanks a million. Have a good show. Yeah, you too, talk to you later. Look. Liffy Sound 96.4 FM. This is the big kickoff. Uh, again, you can text us on 087 062 7138. And again, if you want to email us, the email address is there. The big kickoff 96.4 at gmail.com. Sporting stories. I'm just going to go to one gav straight away. The, the Women's World Cup was on yesterday. Yeah, the final was on yesterday, and uh, England were the favourites going into it against New Zealand. Um, New Zealand won it. Uh, 41 points to England's 32 um, which was a little bit of an upset to be right. honest because England were favourites going into the final you know yeah. um, and they were the reigning champions as well So, and again um, Ireland played yesterday mm. or not yesterday the other day against Wales they and lost. got beaten yeah, so yeah. finished last yeah so which now means they have to qualify for the next World Cup yeah, which, which is very very disappointing very disappointing consider they won the Six Nations a few years ago yeah, the Grand Slam. The Grand Slam, yeah, exactly. The Grand Slam, and Eddie O'Sullivan didn't hold back on his. Uh, it doesn't make a difference to him who's playing or or whatever. He didn't hold back on what he said about the the team. Basically, what he said, he described the result very, uh, against Australia as disastrous and called Ireland's defending as appalling. And he wasn't holding back on the team who missed tackles after tackles that were basic errors. And he slated them. And again, with um, the coach, he slated him for... And I think the coach has, has resigned. He yeah, resigned yeah, after he the game the day, but he absolutely slated him again. Totally got it wrong and was disappointing because they beat Australia, not very convincingly. They beat Japan, again, not very convincingly. So they've won two games. One game, they, they beat... They win that game, the third game, they go into the semi-finals, and all of a sudden then they've come last in it. So it was... Very disappointing altogether, um, but hopefully they learn from their mistakes. It's, yeah, you never be. lose, exactly. you learn. Yeah. Story. Um, next story is a little bit controversial. What's the, did you see it? The BBC picked their all-time Premier League oh, 11. Oh, did, yes. Yeah. What do you think of it? So, um, well, you call, you, call, you call out the team. I call out the team, debate. and you know, a lot of Irish people will straight away will know, will know who's missing in this team. So, Schmeichel's in goal. Um, Neville... And Ashley Cole are full-backs. Ferdinand and Terry. Um, 
On the right side is Ronaldo. Left side is Giggs. And the two midfielders are Gerard and Lampard. And up top is Shearer and Henri. Okay. So we go, we'll go back to Schmeichel. There's not many complaints there. No, is there? no, no, 100%. Yeah, how, many, how many English players are in the team? I believe, I think there's seven English players in the team. Is there seven? Yeah, seven, yeah. Seven, less English. than that, six, is there? Um, one, two, three, oh, seven, yeah. All right, Giggs not English now. Yeah, no, yeah. All right, so they have Gary Neville. Gary Neville, Rio Ferdinand, John Terry, Ashley Cole, Gerard Lampard and Shearer. Oh, Shearer, I forgot about Shearer. Yeah. So Shearer have, definitely has to be there, though. So they have seven of the all-time players in the Premiership, and they're English. Yes. And th- those English players have done nothing in international football exactly, as a yeah. group together. So they have Gary Neville. Now, everyone seems to stick Gary Neville in right full. You could have a case for maybe Dennis Irwin. You well, now, in fairness, um, they did get a mention. They did mention Dennis Irwin. He did get a mention. So that's... Yeah. Yeah, it got mentioned. Some consolation. Um, you have Ashley Cole. In fairness, Ashley Cole's a decent left foot. He was very good in his day. Uh-huh. Very, very good, yeah. John Terry and... Rio Ferdinand. Rio Ferdinand. There's been so many. It's so, it, it is a bit biased, isn't it? There's well, been so yeah. many good defenders yeah. that have played in the Premiership. And I'll name you one. Paul McGrath played in. And yeah. John Terry and Rio Ferdinand don't touch Paul McGrath ever. No, no. So, And I know that's an Irish thing to say, but... Tom Graz is world class. And on the world stage, we talked about it a few weeks ago. Marcel Desailly, World yeah. Cup winner. Yeah. Frank LeBuff, do you remember? Frank LeBuff, even. He's a yeah. World Cup winner. Yeah, yeah. But still, maybe we, we give maybe nod ahead of Frank LeBuff. But if we went through every single Vidic, um, even Pallister and Bruce. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's loads of different. Sammy Hubia for Liverpool. Sammy Hubia for Liverpool, yeah. So there's a lot there that. It's, very, it's questionable about those two there. That's not even the major issue in the The centre midfield is the issue, isn't it? Like, who's missing? You can't have a Premiership eleven without having Roy Keane in it. And, and not other than Roy Keane. Who Paul else? Scholes, probably. And Vieira. And Vieira. Like, yeah. how good was Vieira and during the time of Arsenal? Unbelievable. Speaking, you know what I mean? He unbelievable. was... Un- the team wouldn't take without him. That's yeah. how good he was. But they went with Gerard and Lampard. And I believe they debated for a good few minutes on how Gerard and Lampard couldn't play together. For England, that was who it was, yeah. And then they stuck them in together. Of course they did. It's just... Uh, one other Irish player going to mention. Who was that? Shea Given for goalkeeper. Mm, yeah, okay. I agree with Michael, but Given was very, very good. Yeah. You yeah. know, so... Shearer and Henri. Henri up front. You, you can't. Ronaldo, obviously, out Ronaldo the and Giggs. Giggs you out can't really the left. There's so many good players, though. It's very hard to pick, but... I think the, the the issue is is that there's so many English players in it that it's just not justifiable, really, is it? No, not not at all. It's just um, some of the other players, uh, as you were saying, Scholes, Vieira, Kante is one of them as well, uh, Alonso, Yaya Toure, and Brian Robson. Brian Robson, another yeah. one who played there, you know. Uh, Gerard, you can't you can't you can't not have Gerard in there. Lampard, his goals that he scored, but if you were to have him in a team. And you were to have Gerard. You wouldn't have the two of them together. You just wouldn't have them. No, no, no you just chance, wouldn't no. have them. So would you put Keane and Vieira in the same team? All day long. <laughs> two, two yeah. unbelievable players. Two unbelievable players. Yeah, of another story there, um, David Villa. Do you remember him? I do yes. Spain's all-time top scorer. Um, he's banging the goals in over in the states, and he is out of international uh, exile. I heard this. <gasps> what he, age is he? Um, he's thirty-five. Right. He's still young. 
He, said, well, he is banging them in over he's there. He's banging now, them in over there, uh, yeah. Obviously, the league isn't as uh, strong as England would be. Not at all, no, but Spain a goal scorer is a goal scorer. That's it. Um, he is... He won the World Cup 2010, won the European Championships 2008. I never knew this. He's Spain's all-time top sco- goal scorer. Hmm. 15 ahead of Raul, which is, is very now? surprising. That 15. is surprising. Actually, I read Raul that. Raul has 44 goals. I read that story, and when I seen the top of it, all-time scorer, I went, Raul's coming back? <laughs> I've forgotten about Villa, yeah. Yeah, interesting, isn't it, though? Like, um, imagine being able to bring him into your team. Like, What does that say, though, about the Spanish team now? They're struggling. Does that mean... Up front. They're looking at Costa and going, meh. Well, Costa's not playing football. He's not playing football. And no. whereas Villa is scoring goals. Yeah. So maybe that's it, you know. UCD. UCD will rub shoulders with some of the top young talent in Europe. They've been confirmed to compete in the UEFA Youth League this season. Oh, so UCD good. won the under-19 league last year. I think they beat Galway 4-1 in, uh, in the last game. Defeat, yeah, beat Galway 4-1. Cork City under-19s turned heads last year with a terrific run in the competition, eventually being edged out by Roma. And now the students will get their chance to showcase their young talent on the big stage. Uh, the draw takes place on Tuesday. So, again, th- this is the good part of the youth leagues and having an under 19 league here is that these teams will get that European experience before they go into their, to their senior clubs. So there is a case for under 17. There is a case for under 19 football league of Ireland football 15, probably because myself and Dave went and seen Shamrock Rovers first game up in Roadstone against Mm. Galway United. How did that go? Yeah, it was a good game. Galway beat them two nil. It was a good game. But it was like it was no different than the DDSL Premier yeah, Division. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. It was a DDS. That's the level it is, anyhow. So it shows you the DDSL was a good level one way or the other. It's just the same players. Mm. Uh, when the under thirteen comes in, yeah, it's, it's a little bit different. It's a bit younger. You're putting pressure on these players at thirteen years of age to perform. How, how do you think UCD will do? I think they do well. Mm. I think they do well. I mean, Cork did really well in that competition. And I think that we have a lot of good players out there. Yeah. We've a, and, and, our, and I think our technical ability is getting better. Looking at players now and, and they're technically better on the ball. Because there's a lot more knowledge out there coaches are given and stuff like that. So I really do think that uh, we are going to benefit in the next 10 years. It's going to take time. I think it's, we're it's going, going to, to take time. But, like uh, listening to the interview with the lads, the coaches you had in here, uh, Brendan and Richie there a while ago, um, it's the way they're working more and technical ability and stuff like that like you know and I know Shannon when we, when we were training it was like a few laps of the pitch yeah. a few sprints and then you'd see a football for the last what 15 minutes Yeah, but that's all changing now you know, which can only be a good thing Roberto Carlos yes. sentenced to three months in prison did you see this? no no, I didn't know he was sentenced to three months in prison for the what? other day for failing to pay 15,000 in child support the World Cup winner said he is broke how could a World Cup winner be broke. What age is he now, do you know? He is, oh, that's a good question now. I'll give you that now. 44-year-old. Uh, Surely he did a job for somebody. Claim, he claims he's in financial difficulty and offered to pay the sum in instalments, which the judge uh, rejected. Now, they do believe that they, they'll settle something and he won't have to spend time behind behind bars. But if you're a World Cup winner, where's your money gone? And he's with Real Madrid, so yeah, he's, he was yeah. getting the big bucks. So yeah, you worry about some people who are Surely making Surely he'll go money. out and do an ad for somebody or a product <laughs> endorsement for <laughs> yeah, something yeah, and get a few bob, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Any other Gav, you had there, uh, there? Just one last night, touching on the McGregor one, um, it was kind of a funny story. Uh, the ESB had a, 
is scheduled a power outage in Carlo last night between 2am and 5am. Um, so there was absolute uproar on this. People were complaining. So the local councillor got in touch with the council and says, look, the McGregor fight is on. Is there any chance to reschedule it? And the ESB says, yeah, no problem. As we'll do that for you. They did that, they? did, they? yeah, yeah. Ah, fair play to them. You know. <laughs> uh, the Europa League group stages, the draw was made the other day. The Champions League or Europa oh, League? Europa League. Oh, Europa, yeah. And there is one English manager, British manager, that's going to manage in the Europa League. And now when I say that to you, you're thinking, hold on, I can't think of anyone. And you won't think of him. His name is Graham Potter, and he is with Ostersunds from Sweden. And they have risen from the fourth tier under Potter's reign in 2011. And now he is going to manage in the Europa League. So it shows you, you don't have to stick with England to... Uh, to make a name for yourself. So yeah. that'd be interesting yeah, to best see. Best of luck to him anyway. It's interesting to see how he gets. Did you see the Everton game the other night? Did I see Everton? No, oh, seen the goal. Some. Ah, oh, it's a great goal. I oh. like him, I really do. 50 million. This is the thing. People is say, it, is, is he not worth the, it? Is he not worth is it? Is it not the norm now for this is, yeah. a proven Premier League player? It's crazy. Who was it? 15 million for Chris Wood for Burnley yes. from Leeds. Yeah. These are. Five million players not so long ago last year. If even, know. yeah, if, if even. If even that. Yeah. Okay, we go to a break. You're listening to Liffy Sound, www.liffysoundfm.ie. Listen online, community radio at its best. And welcome back to Liffy Sound 96.4 FM. It's the big kickoff. Okay, we're going to do a footballing, well, it's a sporting story, but this is, it just happens to be a footballing story. It's Paul Merson tells a story about his penalty in a World Cup shootout, England versus Argentina. Argentina, last 16 World Cup. I come on, I come on in the game, and we get to extra time, and he gets the penalties. And Glenn gets us all in a circle, and he goes, Incy, Batty, Shearer, Merce, Michael penalties. Now, just before I give you, just before I take this penalty, I've got to tell you how my head works, because this is exactly how my head works. I hate flying. I get on a plane, I'm petrified. My hands drip, I swear, I have panic attacks a lot. So I'm sitting on a plane one day waiting to go on holiday, my hands dripping, sweating, panic attacks. I spray all this stuff in my mouth and everything. And all of a sudden, as I'm sitting there, Nick Faldo walked on my plane. Yeah. I thought, thank God for that. He ain't dying. He's famous. And then I'm all right then. I'm all, that's, that's how my head works. So I'm standing on the halfway line. I'm going to take a penalty against Argentina in the World Cup. And all I can think about is three months before this, I had a penalty at Sheffield United on a Tuesday night for Middlesbrough. I get a penalty. I put the ball on the spot. And as I get up, it was the worst thing I've ever had in my life. My confidence went, sh- and the goal literally shrunk yeah. like an ice hockey goal. And I knew I couldn't score out. It was a horrible feeling. And I couldn't turn around and say someone else take it. I think no. I'm a bit weak. So I knew I couldn't score. And as I got near the ball, the goalie dived. And I could have literally stopped, got on my knees and headed it in the corner. And I smashed it 40 rows over the bar. Now, usually when I miss a penalty, the goalkeeper would always save it. So I'm standing on the halfway line, I'm thinking, and that's going through my head. I'm thinking, if I can't score at Sheffield yeah. on a Tuesday, I'm going to let my wife, my kids, my mum and dad, my country down. And Glenn Odd will see me petrified. Glenn really? Odd would have still been manager of England now if he didn't say what he said. Player, manager, bloke, international tactics. Yeah. Believe me, he was phenomenal. Very spiritual. Yeah. Very spiritual. And he come up to me on the halfway line. He used to do this thing with his hand. And he got his hand. He put it right on the middle of my chest. And he looked me in the eye and he went, you will not miss. I went, thank God for that. 
And I walked off, I thought, I can't miss. I, honestly, I thought I couldn't miss. And I walked down to the penalty spot from the halfway line, because that's the walk. People never talk about, you know, oh, it's a penalty. It's, it's yeah. from the halfway line to the yeah. ball that you yeah. miss it. And I got down there and I, and I put the ball on the spot. And as I got up, it was the best feeling I've ever had in my life. The goal got bigger. Oh, believe me, I spent a lot of money on feelings. The goal was a massive. And I knew I couldn't miss. And I turned around. I went to take my penalty. And the goalie was arguing with the ref. I thought, don't use your joker on me. Glenn's told me I'm scoring. You better do it on someone else here. And he got booked. And I run up and he got his hand to it. And he put it in the top corner. And lucky enough, I scored my penalty. But I always look back and I think if Ince and Batty was as scatty as me, we could have probably won the World Cup that year. Yes, so our year today is 1985. What happened in 1985, Gav? 1995, um, WrestleMania debuted at Madison Square Garden. Debuted, did it? Debuted, the very first one. Do you know who the main event was? Well, it had to be Hogan and Andre the Giant, was it? No, I no. thought it was that as well. well what until was I looked that it Hulk Hogan and Mr. T defeated Paul Orndorff and Roddy Piper. No way. I, I couldn't believe it. I thought it was Hogan and Andre myself. So I wonder what that one was. I don't know. We'll have to look at Maybe that second up. or third one, I don't know. That was, uh, that was a good one. That was very good. Um, just to go through a couple of things. Uh, the English League was won by Everton. The Cup Winners' Cup was won by Everton. Uh, United won the FA Cup. And we'll talk about that. We've got the um, FA Cup was Manchester United won Everton nil. Yeah. And the reason why I want to talk about it is, obviously I'm a Man United fan. More of a Luke United fan, but Man United fan. When I was younger and, and, and growing up, and this is the first one that I remember, and it was a game where... I think we have a clip here, don't we, Gav? We got we click on that there, yeah. The Man United one, and this is when Gary, uh, not Gary Neville, Kevin Moran got sent off. Can pop up on the other side for McGrath. Oh, intercepted by Reed, and brought down with a desperate challenge by Kevin Moran into the book. Suddenly, Everton looked to have three up, and only one United player was back. It was Kevin Moran, and it was a desperate challenge there on Peter Reid. And that produced the booking. Oh, he sent him off. He sent Moran off. And he sent Kevin Moran off. And why was that significant, Gav? Do you know? Yeah, the first man ever to be sent off in an FA Cup final. First man ever to be sent off in an FA Cup final was uh, Ireland's Kevin Moran. That always comes up in the sports quizzes. Always. Always comes up. And I looked at the post-match analysis, St. and Greavesy were on it, right? Yeah. That's St. by the way. Uh, They were talking about, and they said the referee was an absolute disgrace. Now, you're looking at that challenge now, and if anyone at home, type in 1985 FA Cup final, what did you think of that challenge, Gav? Horrendous. (laughs) Horrendous. He nearly took his legs off. But St. and Greaves, it shows you the times that St. and Greaves, he turned around and slated the referee. He says it was only a a yellow card. He went to go for the ball. He didn't do it maliciously. But he was certainly gone. And, and these days, uh, he probably would have got a, a, a decent ban on it. Mm. Uh, the goal 
that was scored went into uh, injury time and a, a young man called Norman Whiteside who was the youngest man to ever um, grace the World Cup I, don't, I think he, that, that got changed recently didn't it anyway he was the youngest man this is his goal Ray Bailey is there Ray is up but Frank Stapleton beat him in the air Olsen Hughes Pass Bracewell, right side's onside. Struck him in the middle. Olsen up as well. The goal! Right side! That's incredible! How on earth did he get that pass southall? And look at the bench! And Kevin Moran is up as well. The day has suddenly turned a bit brighter for him, and it certainly has for them. And that was the goal that won the FA Cup. Um, it went into extra time. Man United were down a man. Kevin Moran was t- uh, sent off. Frank Stapleton went centre-half and had a man of the match performance. Brilliant, I'd love to hear that. Isn't that great? I'd say so, Kev- Kevin Moran was a happy man after that game. Do, do you know what? When he went up to collect his medal, they wouldn't give it to him. Who? The, the whoever it was probably yeah. the, probably the queen, you know what she's like. <laughs> but they wouldn't give him the medal. No, they said he he brought this uh, uh, dishonor to the game and all this That's... nonsense. So he didn't get his medal, in, but I think he did eventually get his medal a- afterwards. But yeah, they kind of spoiled his day. But uh, that that was the, the the FA Cup final that year. Tennis. Boris Becker was the youngest ever Wimbledon champion, and he was the first unseeded player to win. Uh, a Wimbledon title I think maybe even a Grand Slam title do you remember any of that? I don't remember when he won it but I remember Becker I never liked him did you not like him? no I didn't he wasn't I I don't know why I I just didn't I don't know other players back then you know is it because he's red hair? Um, no no (laughs) (laughs) neither because he's German he's just I don't know I actually grew to like him when he retired from the sport Right. Do you know that? And when he went into broadcast and stuff, and he's actually a very funny guy as well. Now, funny enough, you, you said uh, he went into broadcast, and before he went to the BBC, uh, Boris Becker had a station that he developed himself called Boris Becker TV, and it showed Boris Becker stuff all day long. Where did this air? Just in Germany? Uh, I think it's probably, probably just in Germany. Yeah. Uh, he also went on to be a pro- professional poker player. Really? Uh, yeah, uh, he, his earnings uh, over a two-year span was 90 grand, so he must have been half-decent anyhow. Yeah, yeah. And his total prize money that he won in tennis was 25 million. No. And on the 21st of June this year, he declared for bankruptcy. I don't understand that. I can never, yeah. never understand that. Have we got a song from 1985 that we want to share to the world? Yeah, of course we do. Um, it's Tears for Fears. <laughs> Is Tear for Fears. Everybody wants to rule the world. What a song. What a great song. 087-062-7138. If you want to join us, uh, send us a text about anything you wish. Gav. Yes. Heisel. 
Yeah, the Heysel incident was 1985. Um, it was Juventus. And um, there was 39 people killed. And also that year, um, Valley Parade fire, Bradford City, 59 people killed. So I think that was a huge wake-up call for safety around the grounds around Europe and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I think they had to develop it because what yeah. I remember of the, the Bradford's one, it was totally wooden. And I think I remember in saying that where the fire started was underneath the stand where a lot of rubbish and everything had slipped mm. underneath over the time and something caught up and the minute it caught up it was all papers and wood and just it went up like a light. I actually remember that day. That's yeah, it was, it was interesting because I was reading up yesterday Everton won uh, the Cup Winners' Cup that year but were banned the that's next right, year so they couldn't right. defend them. Did, uh, did Everton, Everton won the league in 85 so they couldn't go into the competition the following year, wasn't it? The European Cup. The, the European competition, yeah. yeah. They, they, couldn't, they couldn't go into it the following year because of the ban. And obviously Man United and whoever else won yeah, trophies that year harsh. couldn't go into it. Well, Just a couple of uh, players that year might stand out. The top scorer that year was joined. It was Gary Lineker and Kerry Dixon. Kerry Dixon, legend. Yeah. Uh, three lads have made their debut. Ian Wright, he debuted for Palace at 21, which I thought was a little bit old. Uh, well, I think that's, yeah, I remember him. Yeah, he that. was, yeah. David Rowcastle from Arsenal, 18. And Martin Keown of Arsenal. Martin Keown. 19. The most likeable fella around. Yeah, I know. And uh, one for the United fans. The PFA Young Player of the Year. United, United player. Don't know. Mark, Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes, yeah. Mark Hughes was my favourite player growing up. Was he? Loved him. Loved him. I loved the, the way he could volley, but I always lo- loved the way he could get stuck in. And, and his aggression and stuff. And his yeah, aggression. Yeah, I, used to, I used to love that. Ed... We were talking about it, the snooker. I think a lot of people will remember the snooker in 1985, the World Championship final. It was between Steve Davis and Dennis Taylor. And the reason why, obviously Dennis Taylor was one, is one of the most liked characters in, in snooker. In 1985, Dennis Taylor was 8-0 down uh, against uh, Steve Davis, who was world number one and dominated the world of snooker and eight nil down and i can only imagine what dennis taylor was thinking but he clawed himself back clawed himself back and i remember the final it went past midnight it was past midnight and i was young probably nine actually at that stage and to be allowed up after midnight was one of the biggest things ever but this final the final frame went on for an absolute age and they kept missing shot after shot, mistaken. And the pressure was so immense. And Steve Davis was left. Dennis Taylor had a black to win it. He missed it. It rolled near, not too far away from being over the pocket. And it was a, it was a tight cut. But Steve Davis had a chance to win it. And any other day he put it in. And it rattled against the jaw. Rattled back out. The ball went around the table. Sat perfectly for Dennis Taylor who probably crapped himself standing over mm-hmm. the, uh, the shot. And this is the shot that won it for Dennis Taylor. Hit it, Dennis. Yeah. He's done it. Dennis Taylor, for the first time, becomes Embassy World Snooker Champion 1985. And he went, he went on and he won, I think, three other major titles, one of them in the British Open. But Dennis Taylor was always a favourite of mine because he used to come out during the intervals 
for the crowd and used to play loads of trick shots and tell jokes. Oh, which yeah, was, he's very likeable. Um, just a very likeable yeah, I think everyone wanted him to win that final. Yeah, everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Uh, have we got another song? Yeah, another song is uh, a classic uh, from AHA, Take On Me. And welcome back to the big kickoff on 96.4 FM. Okay, on the line we have huge Irish footballing talent who has the potential to be one of the big goalkeeping names in the Premier League. Eddie's house born at football club snapped up former Lucan United player Mark Travers and have since loaned him out to Weymouth where he's made his senior debut in fine style. Hopefully we've Mark on the line. Mark, welcome to the big kickoff. Hi Roy, how's it going? Great, great, how's things? You can hear this nice and loud and clear. Yeah, I can, yeah. Great. Listen, Mark, there's only one place to start at the moment. Uh, you're marking your senior debut for Weymouth. The score is 2-2, I believe, and you're, you only go and, and score the winner. Talk us, first talk us through the day of your senior debut and how it led up to the game. Yeah, it was, it was obviously a great day, making my uh, first men's appearance. But um, quite unexpected as well. So, um, yeah, it was a, it was a decent game. Um, it was 2 all at the time, and then on the 77th minute, we just had a free kick in our own half, and they ended up just stepping up to it, and um, just saw the keeper advance a bit, so I said I'd have a go, and ended up going for it, and hopefully I, I hit it quite well, and then ended up going in to, to get the winner. Uh, so you mean so, so, so you um, mean you, yeah, was, you chanced it, you, you went for it? Yeah, I, I did. I, don't ask me why, or, it was my first time trying it. Um, so, yeah, I just said to myself, at worst, we'll get a corner. So I ended up just going for it, and looking up, it just went in under the bar. So, uh, And how, yeah, was, how was the game going for you before that? Um, yeah, it was going well. Um, started off going 1-0 down in the first few minutes of the game, and then ended up going 2-1 up, and then they pulled them back in the 70 minutes. So um, it was uh, we were doing well. We dug in. Um, so, um, yeah, we ended up winning the game 3-2. So, um, it was a massive game. How are you finding, Mark, how are you finding senior football? How, how, what, what's the difference? Can you, you, um, it's a big step up, obviously, uh, physically-wise. You've got to get that into a game. Obviously, playing with men's instead of people your own age. So, um, that, that's obviously a big step up. And um, just also the competitiveness on it. Everyone comes in, they want to win three points every week. So um, that's something I've really enjoyed and it's been a good challenge for me, just the, the outside of the game as well. So um, Yeah. When uh, when did you first know about interest from Bournemouth and, and what was your thoughts when you heard Bournemouth were, were looking at you? Um, well, I went on trial in okay. the April. Um, I think it was the first year there in the Prem. So I went on trial, played a game, really enjoyed it. So it was, it was a great club, really. Um, like the way they play out from the back as well. Um, good facilities. So um, it obviously turned my head straight away. Back a few times. Um, so yeah, and then once once um, once my agent Eamon said that there was interest there, I was straight away. I was I wanted to. I was keen to go there. Um, and I think I've made the right decision coming going to Bournemouth. So um, and and when you went over first. Uh 
how did they persuade you? How did you know that it was the right place for you? Uh, obviously, they're really good people. Looked after me well. Players are good. The training, the training was very good as well. Um, when I went there, the step up, the step up was a was a big difference. Um, so that I wanted to challenge myself uh, in that aspect of it. So um, yeah, I just really enjoyed it over there. Felt it would bring my game on even more. So um, yeah, I think I think I've made the right decision in going there. So. Um, that's good. Yeah, that's a lot of positives from that. That's good. Uh, you're working with the likes of uh, Boric. I think I seen a couple of. It was actually up on a, a coaching website. One of your training routines. Uh, yeah. I don't know what it is. A handball when you're bouncing off the ground, gro- off the ball, off the ground, and a kind of a, a hexagon. Uh, yeah. What wh- what is that? So it's just it's just really a, a warm up method. So uh, yeah, just as you say, a bit like handball gets you gets you going in the morning. Um, Get you loose and that. So, um, yeah, that one that went up in Terry actually, um, the goalkeeping coach stuck up. Um, for once, we had a we had a good run at it. Yeah, it's not always as good as that, though, so, isn't it? No. Yeah. Uh, Arthur Boric, talk to us about Arthur Boric. When you look at the levels uh, that you're at, and you look at the levels that well, Arthur Boric's there now. I think it's Berkovic now is, is in goal. But yeah. when you look at those levels. Uh, does it show you how far you need to go or do you look at it and say yeah I'm not far off I just need to work on X, Y and Z um, yeah every day if, if you're involved with them you learn you learn a lot um, obviously such such great goalkeepers and they set such high standards so um, you, you can't be too phased from it you got to go in there and just um, back yourself in a way as well because um, at the end of the day you're at the same club with them. You, you've got to compete. So, um, yeah, I just, I just uh, try and do my best, and obviously learn from them as well. So, um, yeah, well, I know you've little bits from them to bring into my game as well. So, yeah, I know you've always worked hard, and and that's obviously a big factor. Um, do do they? Is there anything that they've given you that has stood to you now that you've 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 got a couple of games with with Weymouth? Um, just just the way they go about it. Say if something happened that didn't go their way, they just they move on and forget about it. it doesn't phase them. Um, just the confidence they show in training and games as well. You can learn a lot from them and just different techniques. Obviously, as a young goalkeeper, you, you want to pick up as much information as possible. So um, two experienced goalkeepers like Boric and Begovic, you can you can take so much from them. Yeah. So um, brilliant. Um, of course, Eddie Howe is there and and. We know that uh, how brilliant he has been for Bournemouth. Um, yeah. uh, how 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 is he with you? How was his man management, and was he a factor in you signing? Um, yeah, obviously he's a, Eddie, uh, he's a great manager. He's taken he's taken Bournemouth so far in the last few years, and um, yeah, he's just really top manager. So um, he obviously he obviously played a played a part in me coming as well. Um, just the way he looked after his players and um, his uh, the way he trained as well, just at a really high level. So um, yeah. that obviously turned my head um, when they were interested as well. So, and what what interaction would would Eddie Howe have with the younger players? Um, it'd be quite it'd be quite good. He he come over and speak before training. He uh, he looks after all his players okay. quite well. Um, makes it easy for him to come to training. In the mornings, um, so yeah, he's 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 a top manager, um, and uh, yeah, really good, uh, really good with all the lads. Oh, to be honest. Um, when you went over, 
did you know the history of Bournemouth or did you get that education when you went over there? Um, it was a bit of both. I remember the year before I signed, I remember watching the, the game on Sky Sports when they when they beat Bolton in our school. So in that aspect of it, I knew, I knew where they come from. And then obviously when you get over here, you realise how long in League 2 and just the rise of the club. So it's, su- it's such a big achievement for a small club nearly yeah I think that I think that's from, so. I think that's why Eddie Howe has such a, a huge regard there I think at the time when he took over there were 4 million in debt 17 points deducted during the league there were 10, yeah. 10 points adrift and uh, they may I think game to spare I think they won yeah. uh, they, they, they stayed up and that was in the fourth division or league two yeah. and he's yeah. pu- he's pushed them I think he left for a little bit but he, he pushed them on so does, yeah. is that kind of because it, it, it is a small club and yeah. I, if you go to Man City or whatever to have a, a great sort of infrastructure where they have uh, new academies and all that it's it, is it it's just a smaller more local club feeling around Bournemouth yeah it's it's, it's quite a family club everyone everyone's uh, everyone tries to help each other um, it's it's still got a good it's got good facilities as well but wouldn't be at the height of the United the cities and that but um I think, um, yeah, there's, there's a great togetherness at the club as well. Even you can tell when you go out uh, at the fans as well, they support them since day one as well. So yeah. they've got a good following as well, just through the leagues they've come up as well. So, um, yeah, yeah they've, no. they've come a long, they've come a long way. Yeah, I think I think everyone kind of you know the underdog is always something that people really uh, get behind, and Bournemouth is one of those teams that. You do want to see them stay in the Premiership, and you yeah. do want to see them get bigger. But you can see that uh, that that closeness there with them, especially Eddie Howe. He uh, he epitomises the club. Listen, training sessions. When you went over first and you went into your training sessions, how much more advanced are your sessions now, or is there much difference to what you would have been used to, you know, back home? Um, yeah, there was a step up. I noticed that when I first arrived, just. Just the pace, the pace of training, um, the the physicality side of things as well. So it, it probably took me a couple of weeks, months even, to get up to the to the pace and the standard of their level. So, um, but it was a challenge I really enjoyed pushing myself in the gym um, and even on the pitch as well. But I feel my games train every day. It brings your game on even more. So. Um, yeah, there, there was a step up, but um, but um, it's something I enjoy doing, and uh, um, it's uh, it's helped me a lot from the game as well. How have you found How have you found training uh, on a weekly basis? Has it been tough starting off? Um, yeah, it was tough starting off. Um, the body probably took a few weeks to get into it, but now I feel I've fully adapted. Um, came back this preseason. Um, about 100 percent and we go straight back into training without any issues so um yeah i think i think it just takes a few weeks to adapt to that training every day but yeah um yeah once you once you get used to it it's, it becomes normal to you so um yeah and i know you're not afraid of work because i know you did a lot of work with extra work when you were over here with brendan kennedy uh here in yeah. ireland and uh do you have any advice because you obviously worked a lot with, with with Brendan at the time when you were looking to get away. Uh, have you any advice for any sort of? I suppose we, we've got a League of Ireland now under fifteen uh, league. 
people trying to get away do you have any advice for them to to improve their chances of getting away yeah obviously brendan kennedy helped me a lot doing extra sessions with him but um yeah i i didn't go over to, to england until after my under 17 year i played with shamrock rovers so um yeah you just you just need to keep working hard now i know everyone says it but um you got to keep working hard and don't be phased by anything if you if you make a mistake it's going to happen so you just got to keep keep going really um yeah, and just just enjoy your football. That's it. Yeah, um, that's the big thing, isn't don't it? Don't let it don't let it get you down too much. Just just keep going forward. So don't worry. Don't worry about the pressure. Just enjoy football. I think that's the it's the it's yeah. the best advice, isn't it? Listen, I came home from uh, training one evening. Uh, I can't remember if it was training myself or I was coaching myself, but I lay down the couch anyhow. And I looked up on Sky Sports, and on the bottom right hand corner, I had Bournemouth Mark Travers released. Did you see that? Uh, I didn't know. No, yeah, I had Mark yeah. Travers release, so I had to look it up straight away, and then yeah. I seen that you you were on loan to to Weymouth. Yeah. I think still to this day they still have up Mark Travers released. But what did the club say to you about going out on loan? What was what was their anger? Um, I'm, I'm, I, it worked out perfectly because I'm still trying to perform it during the week, and then I can go play my football on the Saturday or the midweek game, or whatever. So. Um, uh, the manager at Weymouth is Mark Mosley, so he works with the 21s at Bournemouth as well. So um, that was a big factor, me going there. Um, the football from Bournemouth sort of transfers into the Weymouth way as well. So, um, yeah, it's the second Bournemouth said it to me, I was, I was interested. You know, I can work work and train all week, and then on the Saturday I have my game to, to go and uh, to, to work on that and learn even more. So, um yeah, once once the opportunity came, I just took it straight away. Yeah. I was delighted. Brilliant. Delighted with what happened. Are Weymouth part-time or full-time? Uh, they're semi-professional. So semi-professional. So just one below conference out. So, um, okay, so they're not, too, yeah. they're, they're, they're not too bothered whether you're training with them or not. They just want you there, is that it? Uh, yeah, so I go play my games on the Saturday. So, um, Brilliant. Well, yeah. Especially if you keep up your goal-scoring record at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> you must be nearly joined top scorer, are you? Um. The lads are saying that yesterday after the few games said I'm, I'm up there, but um, I don't know if that will last too long. <laughs> uh, listen, what's your situation with the Ireland setup at the moment? Um, so it's a big year. Hopefully, um, we're doing the 19s and Tom Allen's squad. So um, we've got two international friendlies against Czech Republic um, next week in Waterford. So um, hopefully. Um, Hopefully, do well in them games and um, get off to a good start for the 19 year. And um, hopefully, come out with, with a couple of wins and give us confidence going into the to the group stages. Um, end of September, start of October. So, those will be a massive massive month for us, really. Um, so, just, uh, hopefully, it all goes well once the plan. So, brilliant. Uh, we hope to see you in the near future. Uh, get rid of Boric, get rid of Berkovic and, and, and slot yourself there there in, in a Premiership uh, Barmouth jersey. Um, I know that you put the work in. I know that you are a highly skilled goalkeeper. I know you're determined. So you have everything in your capacity to go on and do it. And I also know that you're a hell of a nice guy and come from a great family. So Mark, Travers, I hope you do brilliantly. We'll be keeping an eye out for you and uh, make the next goal an overhead kick or something, will you? <laughs> Thanks very much, Roy. Thanks very much, Mark. Talk to you. Thanks, bye, bye, bye. Let me go on.
And welcome back to the big kickoff on 96.4 FM. We're going to look at the Premier League and everything that went on and maybe a few of the little transfer stories. Gav, what have we got? Results-wise yesterday, do we have any results? Yeah, um, did you see the Bournemouth game? I didn't see I the I thought Bournemouth you would have asked Mark about it. I never even thought about I it. I know, yeah. Never it was. Um, it. I, just, I caught it last night uh, on Match of the Day. Uh, one all, 97 minutes. And Raheem Sterling gets the winner for City with pretty much the last kick what of the game. Go- what was the goal like? I didn't. I didn't it was a bit. It was a bit scrappy. Was it? But now, in fairness to City, City were going for it. They 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 pushed everyone forward. They really wanted to win, and they got it. And Sterling got sent off. A little bit harsh, if you ask me. Right. Uh, they talked about it on match of the day last night, and you know when you score a goal, and you, it wasn't as if he like jumped into the crowd. He ran over towards the crowd and. Like come off the side of the pitch there, and a lot of the crowd like had sort of jumped. We're there, we're there, and he jumped in and he gave it loads and all that. And the ref gave him, I think it was a second yellow, and he was gone. Right. So it it was a little bit harsh to be honest, but uh, very very hard to take for Bournemouth the last kick of the game. It is, isn't it? Because it's the ninety seventh. Why was there? Do you know? I I don't know. I I only got the highlights. Seven minutes is unreal. But to to lose it like that, you you know yourself, Shannon. It's just it's. it's And they haven't got a point now on on the table, uh, I believe. So Bournemouth play really well. Yeah, and I, t- I think in the build-up to the goal, uh, one of the Bournemouth players had a lovely clean tackle, but the referee gave a free, and that led towards the goal as well, right. which makes it even worse. Yeah. But uh, I was listening to Eddie Howe afterwards in his post-match interview. He was brilliant. He, he's a really, really likable guy, and as you know, you were talking to Mark about him and stuff like that. Um, he's just a bit of class about him. Yeah. He he didn't come out moaning about it, and he just you know he said, "Look, it, it is what it is," and, yeah. and that's it, which is very, very. Good to be able to do that after a defeat like that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Manchester City don't be a, don't seem to be able to keep clean sheets, and it's going no. to be a big problem for them. And John Stones was on the bench, which is, I don't know if that's a worry for them that they've paid so much money again. They're paying a lot of money for a lot of players, but I said it to David last week about Manchester City's spending on defenders. They've the highest amount of money spent on defenders in the yeah. last five years at 250 million or something like that and they don't still not happy with their defense and you can see why it obviously they're they're, they're an all-out attack team yeah but if they don't keep clean sheets they're not going to win games no I, I, to be honest i thought the city would have uh won fairly easy yesterday yeah. i really when i seen the fixture i'm like that's pretty much a straightforward enough win for city but it wasn't as you say it's going to kill them the clean sheets it's going to kill them who was your fancy football captain yesterday uh, it was Harry Kane who plays today. Okay, but I did have the the lad Daniels off uh, Bournemouth. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about yeah, him. I put him I in, and it was some it. goal. Did you see his goal? I didn't see the goal. No. Try and have a look later. Cracker. Um, Swansea and Crystal Palace. Swansea won two nil. We worried about Crystal Palace. Yeah, I think um, I don't think Palace have won a game yet. No, they're bottom. Uh, with the new manager in there, is under pressure already. Frank the Boer, yeah. yeah. You should be winning your home games. You have That's, to be, you know you have I mean? to be winning your home yeah, games. If you lose an away game 2 0, like a team like Paddy, you, you know, it's, it's not the end of the world, but your home games, when you get beaten comprehensively like that. And what he'll get, he'll get pressure now because Sam Allardyce went in and shut up shop, made them tight, got some great results. I think they beat Chelsea near the end of last season, got some great results, and now they've gone three in a row under Frank. And Is, it, is that a bit of naivety from the manager? Being new to the Premier League? Maybe he thinks there's a certain style that will work for him at any league. Yes, mm. maybe that's there. 
you find it now fairly quickly that, that that's not the case. And but like, I don't think they're I don't think they've got loads of players in that he would have liked. I think they got one Dutch fella in, yeah. maybe someone alone. I'm not too sure, but nothing uh, excessive. So I think they're going to have to do something this week. Yeah, and uh, United two 0 Did you did you see any of the game? I watched a bit of it. Yeah, it was Leicester sit back and try and counter attack Manchester United. Was it comfortable for United? It was. It was. It was comfortable as can be because it was all Man United. Leicester went and they were just doing, looking for a counter attack. You call it practice bus, whatever way you want to call it, counter attack. But that's what it was. And then Lukaku got a penalty, and Schmeichel pulled off. In fairness, I thought good it was, I thought it was yeah, a good yeah. save. But United, they have that little bit of extra quality now. So even in, though they may not as well. another clean sheet, if they, they might not set the world alight with their football. But it's becoming effective and the confidence has grown. And if you get the confidence grown, anything can happen. And Mkhitaryan, a big fan of his yeah. when, he, when he played in Europe and Dortmund. But uh, last year, didn't get a look in. Why was that? Start of the season, he was injured. And he got injured, but at the same time, he started a couple of games and Mourinho didn't trust him because he thought he was a bit too light and he wanted him to bulk up. Yeah. But the minute he had to put him in when he came back from his injury... He just showed what class he had. He's he's a he's a top player. He just cannot assists, not play him. Assists, goals, everything. He's yeah. he's he's a really really he's good player. Just to quality. Have. He can turn on the sixpence, which is absolutely brilliant for United. Martial came in for for Rashford. I think the good thing for Manchester United is they have a good squad now that they can keep call, They can call people in, rotate, and they need that with all the competitions uh, they're going to be in. Yeah, good win for Newcastle yesterday at home, three 0 against West Ham. They're in trouble as well. I said it last week, Bilic is my favourite to get sacked. sacked yeah. And after that result yesterday, even more so because you can't you can't go into the league with a chairman that they have who are chairmen because I think there's a couple of them there that want to put them into Europa League and Champions League and, and lose your first three games and last year struggled badly as well. Um just uh, touching on Declan Rice played yesterday. The yes, the Irish lad. That's right. He was taken off at half time. Right. Um, it says here seemingly because his confidence was shattered after the mistake that led to Newcastle's opener. Bit harsh, no? Probably a bit harsh because mm. you can't blame it on, on one person. No, they, he didn't lose the three games for them, and no. there is something wrong. And I look at when I look at Slavin Village there. I'm not looking at it, the pressures got to him. The, I'm not looking at the fella who used to play. Uh, Guitar. He used. To, I remember he was with yeah. Croatia, and he, the, the pictures of him playing guitar, and he was nice and comfortable there. And he's gone to West Ham. There's there's people looking and demanding things. He has pressure. The Poyet thing got to him, and and I don't. See, I, I can't see him last. There's I just no. There see hasn't him last. really been a massive improvement. Has there? Not, like since since he went in. But who did they buy? They bought Emotovic, right? Yeah. Poyet for Emotovic. Poyet's probably a better player. They have a goalkeeper Joe Hart. Joe Hart's not one of the best goalkeepers in the league. No. So there's no real improvement. That Darren Randolph, Randolph is there and Adrian, isn't it? Yeah, Adrian. Adrian and he's no better than what they had there. And I think they've, they've gotten another player. Not, they've, nothing, they've changed nothing. And yeah. they're going to be where they were last year. There's nothing that's going to change for them. Uh, it was a good win for Newcastle, though. That's the, that's the one good thing. They, need, they needed that win. They really did. I can see, again, that's great for Benitez. It puts him in a stronger position. But he is one fella who will walk away if things aren't going his way. And what I mean by going his way is if he doesn't get the players 
that he thinks he needs to do the job that he feels that should be done, whether that's just getting to mid-table or wherever it is, he'll just up and go. What's the successful season for Newcastle this year? It's staying, mid-table? I think it's staying up. Yeah. I think it's staying up. I really do because the chairman was on and we know what he's about. He doesn't like spending loads of money. Uh, he's right though. You don't have to spend loads of money but he's purposely putting it out there that they're not going to spend loads of money. So he came out and said that before the season kicked off, didn't he? It may be a tactic with the, the way the, the the transfer things are gone now. You so. think he's saying that so it's sort of a reality check for uh, Newcastle fans? If they, if they stay, he's sort of saying, you know, oh, well, if we stay in the league, it's, it's a good season and all that. Is he sort of setting expectations for the fans? I think he's, yeah, he's, I think he's telling the transfer market, anyone who's clubs that he's looking to buy off and the fans, I'm not going to pay ridiculous money for, for players. Mm. and other clubs for your players so if we do buy something you need to come down to a level where it's actually realistic so he may get a couple of players in now he has got players in but I'm looking at Newcastle's players coming in there is not a lot of what you would say quality you need, you need star players you need someone yeah. who can drag a team along you need someone who can put a ball the, the centre forwards the centre forwards aren't good enough yeah. to go where they want to go and goal scorer obviously is one of the big things yeah, they haven't got a centre forward there. At least Bournemouth, when you look around and look at Bournemouth, you say, Jermaine Defoe. You know Jermaine Defoe is going to put goals yeah. away. They have a chance. So uh, I'd, be, I'd be worried a little bit about Newcastle, but a fantastic win for them, but against the West Ham team, who I think are going to struggle this year anyhow. Yeah. Uh, two nil-all draws, Wofford and Brighton and Huddersfield and Southampton. What do you make of them ones? Um, it's probably not a bad result for Huddersfield and Southampton. And the other, Wofford and Brighton, they probably take them, you know. They, they didn't lose, you know. So, yeah. well, Huddersfield are on seven points now. Oh, three games. Yeah, so you take that, wouldn't you? Yeah, I have to take that. You could, yeah. you could, a little bit disappointed if you're at home not to get the win as well. Yeah, but if I, if I was a Huddersfield fan, I'd be saying seven points from the three games, and they haven't lost, and you haven't lost. No. Yeah. Brighton, on the other hand, it's their first point. Yeah. It's against away Wolf, from home. Away from home, but after 25 minutes, they were playing against 10 men. Yeah. So if you're playing against 20, that's your chance. That's an opportunity. There's a chance for you to go and get the three points. They are, I think they're going to find it hard to get uh, points I on the board I think they will year. struggle. I think they will. They'll be down I there, think Chris Hewton's very good. This is going to be a bit like Middlesbrough last year. They're going to be very organised. Uh, it's going to be very hard to try and get through them, but they're not going to score a lot of goals. And again, I don't see where the goals are coming from. Um, it's, going to be, it's going to be very tricky for them. But... You never know. The transfer window's not finished. So, uh, transfers in the in the Premiership. Talk to me about Coutinho. I, I don't really know what's going on. Uh, I think he's going to stay now, but whether or not Liverpool want to keep him is another thing. Like, they, they, they keep saying, "Oh, we want to keep him. We want to keep him. We don't want to sell him." I think it's probably got to the stage where it's gone too far now, and they probably should have cashed in. Like the money they they've been offered, I think it was one hundred and twenty million or something, whatever, plus add-ons yeah. and stuff. I'd like to see him stay and give us another year, but if his head's not on it, it's you, you don't want a player like that in your club. You, you know what I mean? You, you really don't. Well, I read an article last night actually that had Coutinho, and this was on an English and a Spanish paper. The Coutinho's in a very low uh, mood at the moment and low situation. So if they keep him. Is he just going to mope around the place? Are you not going to get the Coutinho that you had from last year? And as you said, maybe they are better off just letting them go as long as they get someone else in. Although, if, they, if you look at it, they have players in that position. 
They do have players now, not as good as Coutinho. That's that, the, that's the thing. Do you not feel Salah's? Salah's been an excellent, an excellent boy. He really Mane. has. Yeah, but it's not, it's not that like Salah, Salah, Mane, and Firmino are, are the three up top at the moment. If one of them gets injured, what about Lallana? Can he not slap? He's him? injured as well. Yeah. So yeah, he could. But like, there you go. If one of the lads gets injured today, who who do you put in there up top? I know storage is there, but like, you can't rely on storage either. So. Yeah. I think it'd be nice if Coutinho stays, but his head needs to be on it. And if his head's not on it, Klopp needs to know and he needs to go out. If it was a deal for 50 million plus Rakitic, would you take it? I don't know if we need Rakitic, I don't know. I think you need a centre midfielder. I do. We, well, a centre uh, midfielder who will, I suppose, maybe dominate. We need a defender. It's it's and no secret. We need, yeah, we, we need it. Like... Yeah. What I don't get is uh, why he hasn't gone out and bought one yet. You talk to any Liverpool fan, like last year, a central defender is needed. Then it comes into the transfer window and still no centre-half is signed. Now, I was reading uh, yesterday or the day before that the Van Dijk thing is, hasn't gone away still. Yeah. So there is, is a slight possibility he they could get him in. And I'd love to see him in. I'd love to see him in. What do you make of football players not playing to force a move? I think it's ridiculous. I I I don't understand it. Like, um, you've got the thing with Costa as well. Yeah. And even Coutinho, is he really injured? I don't think he is. I don't think he is. A lot of people don't think he is. Yeah, I I don't understand it. I don't. I really don't. Uh, if a player like doesn't want to play for your club, get rid of him. That that's my feeling on it. You don't want to disgruntled player. But that too easy then for players to say, listen, I don't want to play. I won't play, and then you're going to sell me. Yeah, I know. Does there have to be some loyalty there? Do, 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 there has to be loyalty there. I, I certainly feel that players should get themselves out on the pitch and play and see what happens. I was critical of Marhas last year about his performances and maybe he did have a sulk and a moan, but this year he's certainly just gone out and played. He's a great player. He really and, is. He's a good player. Yeah. And will he leave? Yeah, he quite possibly could leave. At least he's going about his business, though. He's playing. He's, he's going putting about it in. His business, he's, so. he's not like injured. Yeah. You know? I think he learned from last year. I think he sulked a bit and came back into it towards the end of the season. But I, I just don't understand. If you're earning 100,000 a week, say, you should be out there training. You should be out there playing for they that sh- club. But they should, they should want to play. They they, like, want that's to. the highlight of your week is playing, playing your Premier League match. You're in a privileged position. So exactly, yeah. Uh, Lucas Perez... For Arsenal, Ox, Chamberlain and Gibbs. Perez is linked with Deportivo, uh, Oxley chamberlain with Chelsea and Gibbs is linked with Watford. I believe the Ox has turned down 180,000 a week from Arsenal. Has he? Does yeah. he, he wants out, does he? He just wants out. I think Chelsea want him because of the English quota, I believe. Is that what it is? That's what they're after, yeah. Okay. They're looking to bolster their squad with English players. A uh, good player. He was linked with Liverpool as well. I'm not sure I want him at Liverpool, to be honest. He's very similar to what we have. He's only 23, though. He is. He's a good player. He's a very good player. But mm. I, would you take him at United? No. Yeah, and there you go. Um, Luke and United, yes. <laughs> Barkley. Chelsea are believed to be putting a 30 million bid in again, for Barkley. This is the English thing uh, again. But I don't think, I don't think Everton are going to sell him for 30 million. They want 50. And in the market at the moment... Maybe he's close to that, you know. You know, when he first started, he was they were comparing him to Gerard. Uh, you know, he was that type of young English player and all that. But has he hasn't really done anything since, has he? No. But he hasn't hasn't played. But I think he's been put under pressure yeah, has, by yeah. and perform or get out. And I think he's buckled a little bit. Maybe he needs a new manager. A change of scenery might come good. You know. 
where can he fit in at Spurs though if he goes to Spurs if he goes to Chelsea where does he fit in who goes out he's a squad player if he goes if he goes to Chelsea I think he'll be a squad player he, he won't get it he won't start yeah. well Fabregas is there and you know, we all know that if Fabregas if there's someone else Fabregas probably won't play yeah. so could there be something there that he could fit, fit someone around maybe Spurs I can't see it they have Deli Ali, they have Eriksen they have Son did they get rid of one of them to, to throw him in Spurs certainly need a, an Spurs, influx they, Spurs need him but maybe they're thinking they, they might go stale but maybe they're thinking Champions League like squad you know you need, you need you need extra players in your maybe. team you know Swansea are linked with Wilfred Boney again to make a return back from Manchester City he didn't he didn't he failed to impress at Stoke City last year yeah I'm not a fan of his, to be honest. Are you not? No, I don't think so. No, he's he's had too many chances now. You know, yeah. did he do much at City? I did. He did all right with City, and then he wasn't getting in. He went to Stoke and did absolutely nothing yeah, at Stoke, yeah. and now he's back at City, and he's he's not going to get a look in. Is there anyone in the Premier League that you think if they don't get someone, they're going to struggle? Which was, As in maybe someone in the top four or five or six who might struggle to get the top four position or someone who maybe mid-table who might drop into relegation or maybe someone who's in relegation who wants to get out. Yeah, it's it's a hard one. Like all the top teams um, have very, very good squads. A little bit light, some lighter than others. Like I think Liverpool need a few more players in you yeah. know, before the end of the transfer window. I think Spurs do yeah. as well. The uh, man Sanchez, center, a defender. Yeah, is that what they want? I I always thought centre midfield they, they they'd be looking for a player, and I believe they're the the fullback from Paris Saint Germain. I can't pronounce his name, Ayer or whatever his name, yeah. Serge Ayer, the fellow who was uh, banned from coming into the country. Uh, but that's a right full. Yeah. So they've a right full in the centre half, but they don't have a centre midfield, and I don't believe that Winyama and I think Eric Dyer has played there at times. I don't feel that that's good enough for them. Yeah, and they they need it for Champions League as well. Like oh. you know, you, you need to be adding players in. Hundred percent. Okay, we'll be back after this break. Gav, yes. League of Ireland. Yeah, League of Ireland. So it was the cup this weekend, and from a Leinster Senior League point of view, um, which we're always interested in, Shannon. Yeah. And um, we had two teams playing. We had Blue Bell home to Cabin Teeley on Friday night, and they beat them one 0 Absolutely cracking result. This is something <clears throat> that I have uh, talked about before. Leinster Senior League top division and first very, division very close. Very close. Very close. There is even the play, even player wise, it's very very close. The only thing, maybe that the League of Ireland may get a chance to train more or maybe asked to train more so the fitness levels yeah, may yeah. be up. But other than that, playing was no difference. Absolutely yeah. no. So that's a great win. And Crumlin were the other team. They were playing yesterday against Dundalk and unfortunately they were beating 3-1 at home. Well, that was going to be, be a tough game. It's a very, it? very I mean, tough game. Yeah, of course. I mean, you've yeah. seen how well Dundalk, even 
this year how well they performed in the Europa League or they do? no they were the Champions League yeah. and against Rosenborg and, and they, they're, they're an excellent outfit they pass the ball really really well so it was always going to be tough for Crumlin but uh, any other results in that one? Uh, yeah Rovers had a good win there away to Shelburne they won 3-0 on Friday night uh, Cork beat Atlanta 7-0 at home Cork are a cracking team though have you watched any of them this year? I've watched them, but with Shawnee McGuire and... They had a bit of a wobble, didn't they? They had a bit of a wobble, yeah. yeah. And it'd be, one, it'd be interesting to see. They I think they only need five points now to win the league. I, I think they will win it. They will. You know, they're, they're a will. very, very but strong But they don't team. want, again, we talked about last week, they don't want to stutter over the line. They want to make sure they get over the line and look good. Well, a 7-0 win, uh, win will do them the world. I won't do them too bad, no. Yeah, you know. Uh, a couple of other results there. Um, Longford had a good win away. Uh, 1-0 and Drogheda had a 5-1 win against Cove um, and Limerick beat Finn Harps 1-0 last night Great Champions League draw Yeah what did you think of it? Well you look at Manchester United's group you look at Liverpool's group Yeah Should progress Yeah definitely Like they could possibly not progress it's very easy not to but if they don't, they'd be very disappointed in them. Uh, the last time United were in uh, the group of Benfica and Basel, they failed to qualify. I know, I heard this. 2011, I believe. Yeah, I'd, I'd fancy United to go through. I believe um, Benfica trolled Manchester United did, straight yeah. after it. Well, you, you don't do that. <laughs> Everyone does it now. Yeah, I know they do it, but like, you know, could come back to haunt them. Uh, Liverpool's group, from a Liverpool point of view, um, I'd be very happy with that group. What is our group again? Uh, Spartak, Sevilla, uh, Maribor and Liverpool. So... Sevilla will be probably the toughest opponents. Spartak won't be easy. Well, it's ca- you know. coming close to winter is coming, Gavs. Yes, yeah, All right. Yeah. Final episode tomorrow, Game of Thrones. Uh, but over there, it depends. What point are they playing? Do you know when they're playing? No, them? I don't. So when you, once you play away there, it's, it's tricky. It's tricky. So whoever gets them at the wrong time, that, that is a tricky uh, fixture. Yeah. No matter how well they are or how good they it's are. It's the same for United playing CSKA. Yeah, you it's, just don't know what you're going to get. No, you no, could no. go over there, it could be minus 5, 10, and it could be snowing, and you know, you, you just lads might not fancy it. So you just don't know what you're going to get over there. Uh, supporters certainly don't know what they're going to get over there. Yeah. I, it's not a fixture. that Again, the, the World Cup, Ireland get to the World Cup. It's not a place that I'd want to be going. No, it's not, no. no. Did you see the tweet from Michael Owen, by any chance? No. Michael Owen tweeted out... Uh, Good draw for the English teams. I fancied them all to progress. And everybody went in and said, did you not see Spurs group? Call out Spurs group. Uh, Real Madrid, Borussia Dortmund, Tottenham and Apoel. Yeah. So you'd, you'd, you'd look there now. Everyone's writing Spurs off, which is, I think, a bit harsh. I think it is a bit harsh. It's a bit harsh. Uh, you'd fancy Real. And then I'd say it's probably a battle between Dortmund and Spurs, obviously. But I wouldn't rule out Spurs from qualifying. Is it a factor that it's the Wembley factor? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean, you look at they haven't won a game there yet. Someone was saying to me that uh, people up their game going to Wembley. Yes. Especially in the Premier League. If you're oh, I'm at Wembley this weekend, they all up their game for, for that game. You know? There was a Premier League review. Who are who are Spurs playing today? Spurs are at home. Um, to Burnley? Yes, at home, yeah. That's where I've seen it. It's a Premier League review with Burnley. It might have been Vo- Sam Vokes who was talking on this. You know, they do these half-hour programmes. Yeah. And he says... You, yeah, you very rarely people very rarely get a chance to play in Wembley. So you're right, and he's, they're talking about this is this is our big chance to play in Wembley. So they do up their game, and they are looking at the game differently than any normal game. So I, it is. I do think that it's it's not a good thing to play there, and they've got their whole season. I mean, they could crumble this year. I'm, I'm I'd be worried about that. Just to mention on a, a Celtics group, 
Uh, they've got Munich, PSG, and Anderlecht. Easy. What do you think of that group? Is that we talked about this the other night um, in the dressing room? Do you remember? Yeah. Is that the group you want to get if you're a Celtic fan? And we asked Ranko, and he says, "Yeah, that's the group you it want." It is because first of all, you don't want to get Barcelona again. They've played Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, they've done that, Don't yeah. need to do that again. Paris Saint Germain. That's obviously the the newspaper media team at the moment with Neymar and then yeah. Mbappe is coming in and they're probably they're talking about Fabiano coming as well. So yes, you want their, them there and, and and have a go with them. Give it a but challenge. They have nothing to lose. They have nothing to lose. And if, let's put it this way: their, their fight could be right. Let let's say they, they get something out of those two teams. Brilliant. But their fight could be against Anderlecht to get into the Europa League yeah. and have a real go at the Europa League. You know, so. some of them teams won't fancy going to to Celtic. No, like you look at. I don't what think anyone does. No, look at uh, like I was praying that uh, Liverpool wouldn't get Celtic because yeah. I wouldn't fancy the chances against them. Yeah, their, their home record in Europe is phenomenal. You know, Buffon wanted to draw Celtic. Did you hear that? He loves them, doesn't he? He turned around. And he says, "There's a couple of stadiums I want to play before I finish up." I think he's talking for finishing up this year and his last Champions League, and he wanted Celtic Park. He said he loves it there. Just the atmosphere. But Messi you know said the mean? same thing. Yeah. Loves it. Yeah, there. A lot the of atmosphere them is just it, great. Yeah. Uh, who else is there? Is there Chelsea? What Chelsea Chelsea's have? group is uh, Atletico, Roma, and Quarabag. Oh, Carabag. Carabag. Where are they from? Yeah. Kazakhstan uh, or one of them? Yeah, so. one of them places out there. Again, they're, I think they're a tricky enough side. So. Uh, Roma and Atletico will not be easy. No. And Costa going back to Atletico? Yeah, but he won't be going back till January. So he won't be playing them games. Is, is, is the Costa... Tra- the transfer ban is on, so he, he can't make it back there. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, uh, just a couple of, uh, quickly, Gav, uh, Dembele to Barcelona, 97 million. Mm. Good or bad? Good from Liverpool uh, fans' point of view. Yeah. Mustafi from Arsenal to Inter. I don't really know much about Mustafi. I like him, good centre-half. I think they'd be mad to let him go. But if Inter Milan get them, it's a scoop. Uh, Obviously, Mbappe to PSG looks a search. That's a done deal, I think, yeah. Sanchez, Renato Sanchez. I thought he was going to AC Milan. I thought it was all uh, hasn't been done he's not going anywhere at the moment and Chelsea and Liverpool seemingly are looking at him I think he'd be a good player for Liverpool yeah. like Remy Las Palmas a forgotten man a good player and wasted at Chelsea like so many players yeah okay we're gonna go we're gonna let Pat in he has to get a show going we've enjoyed this week it's been great thanks to Mark Travers for coming on uh, also Dave Darcy, we, we robbed his song. It's his song now, uh, High Voltage. Uh, so listen to his show if you ever get a chance to listen to it. We're the big kickoff. We're finished. What have we got, Gav? We'll finish with a, a classic from Oasis. Whatever. Whatever.